All right, welcome to the Erie Music History Podcast. I am Chip Shell, your host. And today, my guest is Denny Fabrizi. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, uh, as some of you may know, a lot of you may know, uh, Denny has been around uh, the Erie scene for many years as he just got done showing me a picture of himself when he was seven years old. Uh, you're 75 today, right? Yes, or, I am. All right. Still playing out in Ruby Port, um, playing this weekend, in fact. He's also in a brand new band with Mike Redicliffe uh, coming out called Rewind that will be at our music night uh, that we do at the JPT Center in April. I believe May. so. Yeah. April. All right. So uh, let's get into Denny. Uh, let's see. West 41st Street back in the day, right? Grew up there or no? Yes, that's kind of where I started. Yeah. 41st and Melrose. Went to Strong Vincent. <clears throat> Phone number UN six seven two two nine. Is that right? Was that your oh, kid's phone number back then? Uh, I remember we used to have five digit phone <laughs> yeah, we numbers. Got, <laughs> yeah, we got talking about you working yeah. at the phone company, right? Yeah, yeah, right. I used to install uh, five digit phone numbers in the old days. UN was one of those. UN six. Pre- yeah, that was a, a, a South Exchange. Is uh, that what it was? Yeah, they. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I, I, you know, prior to me, obviously, but. Uh, uh, you are a strong Vincent Colonel. I sure was. Cool. I graduated in '66. All right, and uh, so going back, um, you were four years old when you were a ring bearer in your uncle Louis's wedding, right? Um, oh my! You were uh, when you were six. You attended Lynette Albert's birthday party at 1350 West 35th Street. Did you know that? Did you even remember that? No. <laughs> It is strange the things that I can find out on the news in the newspaper, but uh, yeah, it's people. You know, they used to have the listing of this person had a birthday and these people attended, and Danny Fabrizi attended Lynette's birthday. So, did I have to bring an accordion? I don't know, but you were six. So, did you start? Did you have an accordion? Actually, I actually started when I was seven. Okay, all right. So this was poor Lynette didn't get a chance to hear you play. I don't remember that name, but uh, no, I'll look it up. Uh, so you were a stamp collector in addition to a uh, uh, just accordion player, or I started on the accordion, and then uh, <clears throat> actually my sister played the piano and my brother played the guitar. So throughout the uh, years, I kind of wanted to lean away from the accordion and get more into a keyboard kind of a thing. Okay, probably in my. 10th or 11th grade my dad bought me the vox organ and that kind of changed a lot of things how uh, how big is was that and give people an idea it's like a casio about oh, the size is. of a casio oh okay had black keys and draw bars like a hammond oh all right but you sounded like uh like dave clark five and cool is that the type of stuff that you liked listening to back then uh, when the Beatles first came out, uh, all the guitar players were playing Beatles music, and that's kind of the direction. I'd sit down on that piano and try to replicate stuff, and I kind of leaned into that music uh, yeah. after I got that organ and got into my first band. Actually, my first band was the accordion band, uh, the Osiki accordion band. Oh. I've seen pictures of that. There's 31 like a, accordions, yeah. one bass, and one drummer. Wow. We even tried out for the Ted Mack show one year. Oh, wow. I was going to say, where did you play? Uh, 
Nowhere. Okay. Right. In, in, in the <laughs> at studio, the at, yeah. the, at the studio where we took lessons, uh, we'd all get together maybe once a week, and, and everybody would play um, old standards. I think that's kind of what we played. Where was Osiki's then? Uh, I started uh, on 11th and Parade. It was maybe Harry Osiki and then Tom and Ed uh, were my teachers Okay. throughout the years, and they moved up to uh, Peach Street. And there was also a store out at the uh, Liberty Plaza. Right. I, I knew those guys, too. So okay. it was mostly the Osikis, uh that I learned how to read music and play that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's either you were a Markham's guy, an Osikis guy, or a Dick Bowling's guy, right? I mean, seems like most people were Markham's and Osikis as far as yeah. taking lessons, right? Or yeah. um, you took lessons from... Basil Ronzetti. Right. Uh, I, I mean, moved on to him uh, later on in years. I, right. I took bass lessons for a short time. Oh, really? A short so time. Go back. What did you say? You have uh, three siblings that play music, too? My brother and sister. Okay. Right. Do they still play? Um, actually, yeah. Yeah? They're, she has a piano. He's got his guitar that he bought in the 60s. It's worth a fortune now. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But, uh, yeah, that got me into playing in bands, and I haven't stopped yet. Do you still have that Vox? No. No? Do you wish you did? I do. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> I uh, <clears throat> went down to Texas uh, uh, right after when I was 19. I got into the Air Force. Everybody was going in the military, so I decided to go in the Air Force. Okay. And when I got down to Texas, I was playing in bands uh, for two years down there. With I had my father send me that box, and that's where I got rid of it for a Hammond, and Started playing in bands down there for a couple of years. I, I was in two or three different bands down there. Were you in the service? Yes, actually. I got out of work at 5 o'clock. I was kind of a base realtor at Brooks Air Force Base. And then I'd drive to the north side and play music. Wow. Huh. There, there were times we were playing 5 to 7 o'clock dinner music, would get lost for two hours and come back and play from 9.30 to 1.30 in the morning okay. in the same place. Yeah, yeah. What type of music? Well, it was uh, the, the, it was standards when we had the uh, sax and the uh, clarinet player, but uh, mostly uh, Motown and just old rock and roll. Okay. Uh, I seem to remember Santana songs and just anything that sounded good. S- stuff on the radio that you Anything liked. that sounded good, we, yeah. we would do. So wh- what'd you say? Uh, you graduated from Vincent in 66, but you were in an awesome, ne- awesome named band, the Avengers, back then. Like, how did that come to be? That's when I got that Vox organ. They they scooped me up and said, "Do you can you play Ventures music?" And I said, "Well, absolutely." <laughs> and this is Larry Kemler, Ronnie Sutton, uh, Dan Trevenka, and Bill Lunger. Is that yes, right? yes. Okay, yes. And um, were they playing before? Like, did you join an already existing band? It, I may have, because there were two versions of that band. Uh, <clears throat> I don't remember what version I was in. Okay, all right. But we, most of my bands were all a year, year and two year things. Oh, really? Yeah, they, they didn't go real long. I, I was in that band for a year or two and then went on to one called Johnny D and the Electras. In the Electras, I like that name. I don't know that one. That was uh, Joe, uh, Joe Cesoric, uh, Mickey Schriefer. My brother, Tom Fabrizi, okay. Kenny Felix, and myself, we were also uh, playing Wycos in Edinburgh, uh, Gannon gigs, uh, you know, 
typical stuff. stuff. Like that. Did the Avengers do the same thing? Like Wyco pretty much Wyco, yeah. yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's pretty much what we did. Did those guys, or even the guys in Johnny D, um, go on to continue to play? Did you interact with them over the years in any other bands or? Not with those guys. No. Uh, I moved on to that's that's kind of when I went in the service, and uh, I I just kind of lost touch with everybody. Uh, yeah, right. I was gone for almost four years. So sixty nine, you go in the service? Do you say no? Sixty eight, I think it was sixty seven or eight. Okay, all right. Uh, I played down in Texas for a couple of years, and then and then I got the uh, Vietnam vacation for one year, so that kind of uh, made everything disappear and forget about everything for a whole year so. sure right uh go back to uh 66 you're in the avengers i also found um a note about you playing at the warner in 1966 with little's dance-o-rama uh and it I was believe so it was somehow billed as a jazz group do you remember actually i mean because they use the term jazz kind of you know uh Fluidly I guess they might then. have thought the Ventures were jazz. Yeah, is that what it was? <laughs> it was mostly Ventures music, uh, as much as I can recall. What was Little? Oh, a Little's Dance-O-Rama, so that's Little's Dance Studio. We probably just got hired to yep. entertain people there. Uh, right. For that. First time on the Warner stage, though, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And then... then Johnny he, D and the Electress, we, we, uh, we got on to the... Uh, Rainbow Garden stage for that one. Oh, that's, uh, that, so that was a this really is, nice dance we did there. Yeah, you're showing me some pictures here that I'll post with the uh, uh, the episode. But first of all, you guys are all impeccably dressed. We used to, in the old days, have uniforms. Yeah. Look at that. Shark skin jackets, sweaters, you name it. Who, <laughs> I, I always ask these types of questions like, where did you get this stuff? Did somebody's mom have to make them? Were there stores that you could go and buy this stuff? Was it the Boston store you just went down there? Or don't remember. Maybe our mothers had something to do with it. Yeah. I don't remember. I mean, you're all wearing... Same things. Yeah. Same thing and some thin up. ties. You're looking good. Now, <laughs> in this one, you have the Vox. The Vox organ. Right? Yeah. So that is pre your Hammond B3s. Right, I did. Okay. I got the Hammond B three when I first got out of the service. I uh, I hooked up with Vinnie Younger for a very short time. Hmm. I did a one night job with the Ink Spots um, here in town. It was actually uh, the golf course out in Cambridge Springs, uh, Riverside. Riverside, I think it was. Yeah, they were they, playing out there. They were playing out there. These guys called me. I, I lasted one night. I, I wasn't a real good reader. And they were throwing ten-page pieces of music at me, so okay. I, I I didn't make it to Saturday night with those guys. They were doing, but it like was a, a lot of fun. They were doing a weekend there, right. the Ink Spots. Right. That's cool, yeah. So yeah. that was a one-time thing there, and then and then the cows happened. Uh, about seventy-four, I think, is when the cows yeah. started. That's crazy. So if, if if you've listened to the podcast, I've had a lot of members of the cows on. At least Dickie Buckle and Ronnie Guzik. Um, Bob Berger has been on too. Um, Grut has not been on. Uh, Grut was in the band. Uh, Dave Grut. Uh, Dave Grut. When you joined, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's you, Dickie, Bob, Dave Grut, and Bill. Billy Arnold, Arnold, one of the best guitar players. Those guys were fabulous yeah. out yeah. there. And yeah. this was a later evolution, or uh, 
uh, version of the the cows uh, right. from the Ronnie Guzik and and Dennis Guzik were just before right. that. They had uh, probably gone to California at that time, and that's when they brought me in. And so Angelo had left as drummer also. Um, I think so. Yeah, because he was the original drummer. Uh, so okay, all right. Uh, so how does that go? You're in the cows. It's a super popular band back then. You're wearing some crazy flowered outfits. I know. We, <laughs> we were very popular. Yeah. Uh, every place we played, I mean, on Wednesday and Thursday nights, we're packed. Where, where were you playing back then? Uh, Aristocrat Lounge, uh, Lombardo's. Uh, uh, Sunday nights, we'd pack up and go to the surf club. Oh, up in Bemis. Right. Okay. So there were five and six, five, four and five nights a week. Aristocrat, so that was in the basement of the Commerce Building. Right, Wall Street. Um, and was that, did you say it was during the week? Like, Well, they would book jobs uh, like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Oh, okay. So uh, For a month. Yeah. We wouldn't have to move equipment for a whole month. Oh, but, wow. Um, okay. We would we would play jobs like that. And it, it got me into trouble at work a few times. I uh, was falling asleep at work. Because uh, <laughs> you're getting done at. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Work a forty-hour-a-week job and playing like that—that that was very difficult. Were these ten to two gigs, or were they later? One thirty to nine thirty to one thirty, or yeah, ten to two, okay. pretty much. And then we'd go to Dominic's at sure. three o'clock in the morning and have a big dinner. Almost across the street. I mean, right down the road. Yeah, yeah. When I had Bob Berger on, uh, I was talking to him about this. I found this really weird note in the newspaper about this version of the cows and it talked about you guys went to the Niagara Falls Convention Center to film additional footage for a movie called the Mahjong Conspiracy that never got made and it said you also filmed some footage at the Erie County Fieldhouse do you remember any of that I do uh we we played cows music for for some entertainment and then uh they had a, a somewhat of a show where we learned, I can remember one song, we learned The Impossible Dream, and this, this fella came out in a wheelchair with no legs. And uh, it was kind of a karate show. And yeah, he right. jumped off the wheelchair and busted ten bricks with his fist All while right. we were playing this song. So he was so conveying you, a message to the crowd like that. And right. It was, it was, I can remember that. It was kind of fun. That's kind of hard to forget. Kind of yeah. hard to forget. But you went to Niagara Falls to do that. We did. We were uh, in some kind of a big convention center or something. Right. And, uh, they had a big karate uh, demonstration type thing going on. I wonder how you guys even got involved with that. I don't remember. Yeah. Those guys found some great jobs, and I just followed them everywhere they went. <laughs> good, good. So uh, you're, how long did you play with them? Well, it was a motorcycle that got me out of that band. Oh. I uh, was on my way home one Friday night, and I flipped my bike called Dickie uh, from the hospital, and I says, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it tonight. Oh. And that was that. Chuck Leone took over from that night on. I was in the hospital for a month. How bad? I fractured my hip, Okay. both sides of my hip, so right. I was flat on my back for almost a whole month in the hospital. Wow. And today, any uh, residual stuff from it? No? Not really. No. I've... My job's kept me healthy. Okay. Climbing telephone poles all year, for all those years. That's what you were doing back then for I was, GTE uh, or for GTE and Verizon. Yeah. Okay. And at the time, were you married? 
79 maybe you got no i <laughs> i didn't get married until uh, i don't remember when that was i st- i uh 87, I think it was. It was 87. Okay. I started raising children. and That's uh, what I wondered, yeah. Hung up, the, hung up the keyboards for quite a while. I didn't see them for a long time. Uh, raised four children. Wow. Uh, and then uh, got a divorce. Moved out and probably uh, started playing again. In the, okay, after all that. So you had stopped playing for a while. I did. Uh, yeah. I was out of it for quite a while. It's interesting. Do you remember how we met? I hate to be the Jack Stevenson. If you ever listen to Jack's podcast, he always does this. How did you meet Jack? And, you know, do you remember when you and I met first? It was just recently. At the JF? Oh, just uh, up at the bingo place? No, we met at the Elks Club. I was playing a gig there. Oh, I do remember that. And you came up and, you know, introduced yourself. and, And when you said your name, I'm like, I know who you are. You played in Rab- Ruby Port, you know, and <laughs> and uh, and that's a band you haven't even talked about yet. Did you play? You played with them way back in the day, right? No, I wasn't in the original oh. uh, make of that. Uh, okay, they they got together in twenty oh nine or twenty ten, I think it was when they remade it. Uh, uh, Paul kind put of put it back together. Yeah, Paul right. grabbed. Uh, I think he had Steve McConnell and Chuck Leone was actually even even in the band at the first first part of this and i don't know what happened where where he had left and and they had had asked me to join and i says well boy that's that's great was that the first thing you did when you kind of came back into playing or had you played no actually uh i I did a short thing i was in a band after the service uh with brotherhood uh it was a another mike radcliffe band oh uh, I f- failed to mention that. That was uh, Mike's brother, Mel, and John Knox was in that band. What, we, was, it, uh, what was it called? Brotherhood. Brotherhood, okay. We we did a, a year or two back in the 70s. Uh, I was also in a, uh, a band. Uh, this was right after the cows. I sat in with Junie Shank and the Solid Gold one summer. They played rock music, old the oldies at the surf club, and were they local or from those guys owned the surf club? They had a band, Jimmy Shank. I think it, it one of the one or two of them. They owned the surf club in those days. Okay. Those guys had a band called Junie Shank and the Solid Gold, and they Solid lost their Gold. piano man for a summer. And I went up there on Sunday and Monday nights and played old rock music with those guys. Wow, like fifties stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all summer long. That's all I did. That's all I wanted to hear was this rock and roll stuff so i did that with those guys for the whole summer and that was great then i uh i uh probably had a a band another one with mike radcliffe was called 89 north oh i think i've heard of that we were uh that? that was bill kirby Mike and uh, Tom Snook and Bruce Biley and uh, Bernie Donardo, Bernie and Barb Donardo. Wow. We uh, went about two years with that band. And they were very well liked. We did some great stuff. Did that evolve into Lake Effect? Actually, or? it did. Okay. It did. That's, that's where Lake Effect kind of started their thing. Right. In between there, I was in one other band for one year. All right. That was the Sam Hyman band. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I, uh, I enjoyed that for about a year and a half. Who was in the band then? Mike, Mike Miller? Mike Miller and, uh, and my cousin, Mark Clement. 
Mark Clements. Okay. And, why and do I myself know? Myself and that's not Frank related. No, Mark. Related Mark to Frank. played with uh, congas, and um, it was pretty much just the the drummer for. Okay. For we had a four piece, and uh, we did uh, about a year of playing around in uh, different places, Peak and Peak, Yacht Club, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That must have been and a fun band to be During the summers, in. Uh, he was always in some sort of a gazebo doing uh, concerts for people. So right, right. I enjoyed that. Uh, Not a bad gig at all. That yeah. was a great gig. I, I enjoyed uh, everything I did with Sam and the band. They were a lot of fun. When you played with Mike Redcliffe in Brotherhood, what type of music was it? Kind of similar to what you're doing now in Rewind? No, no. Oh. What we're doing in Rewind now is is, is uh, very difficult stuff. I'm, okay. I'm I'm having to consult chord books. Uh oh. All right. In my elderly age, <laughs> I'm I'm trying to relearn how to read music because Sheldon Peterson is giving me homework. And stuff. Right. I mean, you've got a I really group of it. talented guys in I'm, that band. I'm really yeah. trying hard to. To, to get this Steely Dan type stuff down pat. Yeah. Uh, the one video that I saw at practice was what? What song was that? Um, um, I can't remember what it was. I still have it. It's great. Green-Eyed Lady? Yeah, I was going to say. I, I, yeah. yeah. Perfect, yeah. We we had that in Rubyport at the, in the earlier days, but we kind of dropped it. Okay. Rubyport's starting to... Uh, Wanting to learn some new music now. They've booked okay. some jobs this year, so they're going to continue. I might as well I say that I'm in two bands again. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, at 75, you're in two bands. I had Harry Parker in here a few weeks ago. At 72, he's in three bands. You know, he does a duo with his wife. He's in Acoustic Ear Candy, and now he plays in Acoustic, the very Treasure oh, yo, Those guys are great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome that you're still playing. And so you mentioned... You know, the the days of hauling a B3 up the stairs at the King's Rooker. Like, that like, was difficult. What were those bands? Was it, that was was it the Cows? Cows? The Cows band, we used to uh, haul that Hammond around. Okay. Yeah, boy, that was terrible. I had a piano that was equally as heavy that I carried around, too. It was a, uh, a little, it was a, it had a board in it and everything strings and oh okay like a synthesizer it, type of thing or? no no no. it was just a piano oh it, it was. was an actual string piano oh okay gotcha right right, right. i see i think it was a bald i don't remember if that was a baldwin or what but I, I used to haul that thing around and that was to the left and the keyboard the other one was to the right you were never like chuck leone with like seven oh, yeah. of, seven no, of no, them not seven. or whatever no. you know well with lake effect they 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 were doing <clears throat> a lot of stuff that i i needed three keyboards out so i would uh I hauled three around for that. Yeah, so Lake Effect, you've got Debbie O in that band, right? We uh, had a variety of uh, gals pass yeah. through that band. Uh, yeah, Debbie O. Uh, Gabe Shields. Gabe Carr. Uh, Angie Myers. Oh, Angie Myers is in that band, oh, too. Oh, yeah. All right. We had... Uh, Tom Stokes just sang. Um, oh, Sue Higby was our first original nice. yeah. singer. Um and was Pat Ross? And Jesse. Jesse was even in that band. Oh, Jesse was in that band, That's too. That's right. Yeah, she, we we had a, a lot of different gals pass through Lake Effect, and then different guitar players, too. So we, oh, okay. We, uh, you had Mark Krasinski, I know, Mark Krasinski, point. Tony Farrar was the first. Oh, that's right. I had Tony uh, on the and, podcast. And Danny Canfield was the drummer. 
So we had uh, different versions of Lake Effect. Uh, I was probably in that band 10 or 12 years. Maybe, oh, really? Maybe, maybe longer. I, I don't remember exactly how many years. But Was that the longest tenured band you've been in? Uh, it's getting to be Rubyport now. Yeah. I mean, we've been together for 15, I think, now. Yeah. The newer version. The new yeah, version right. of them. So um, they're, huh. they're carrying on. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so you brought great notes. Uh, and you said to me, I've only played in how many bands? 14 or 12? I guess 12 you could bands. say 12. I mean, there were some on there that I didn't know about. I mean, uh, and some of them have awesome names like Jimmy Shank and the Solid Gold. Uh, what else? I mean, I keep going back to that Brotherhood band because you said it was just for a year. You Most said of, a these lot of these bands were, were all year bands. Is that I, what it was? I might have uh, missed one called The Touch uh, that I was in with Scott Campbell and uh, Dave Schantz at one time. Wow. We we had a, a band that was uh, very loud and well. Scott was in the band. Scott. I've been in a band with Scott. Yeah, yeah. I know He's, how it is. Oh yeah, we had fun. He's uh, great. And we and correct me if you, Scott is not your cousin, but you have a cousin named Scott Campbell. Oh yes, I do. Uh-huh. Okay, I, I'm related to the Campbells. So the Scott Campbell, not that, Scott, no, a different one. All right, right, not yeah. that Scott. Because I found a a picture from 1964. You were a photographer. Back in the day. I, and, uh, I was the, uh, the spokesman photographer for high school. Yeah. I used to take all the sports pictures for the yearbooks. Yeah, and you won a Times News snapshot photo contest with a small boy in a baseball cap I and did. glove, and that was your cousin that Scott Campbell. That was my cousin Scott Campbell. Yeah, and when I saw that, I was like, wait a minute, this can't be the same Scott Campbell, but obviously it's not. But uh, still take photos? or? Um, yeah, with these new phones, uh, they're amazing. They've, yeah. We go to the peninsula and take pictures of deer and turkeys. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so over the years, I like to always ask this question. I know it's a boring one, but you mentioned places like the aristocrat, you know, lounge and things like that. Is there a place that you really miss that you loved playing that's no longer around? Like a, a like I have some favorites of mine that you know, are no longer around. And uh, um. hmm. Well, that's a good one. I I love those days we did the surf club. Yeah, but because it was packed, the chatterbox, it was right on, chatterbox on Peninsula Drive, right? Could get a uh, a, a non alcoholic drink and listen to a fifteen year old band. <laughs> were you playing there when I, you were I that did. young? I did uh, in one of these bands. Uh, we we played at places like that. My brothers, I, I had tagged around with my brothers bands a few times just sitting in what were those uh geez he, he had a couple of different he was working with uh, jimmy moore and feinstein at one time mark feinstein mark yeah. feinstein yeah. um jimmy moore was the uh, eerie's elvis uh, i actually practiced with him last year oh yeah and learned about 30 songs with him and just just for practice to yeah play elvis music and he's he still around still yes, plays yes yeah he, uh, He's not active at it anymore, but okay. um, we did practice uh, over the last few years and learned some music together. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, you mentioned the Chatterbox. How about, like, Hullabaloo? Did you ever play there? Or? Hullabaloo? No, don't remember that no? one. Wyco's, though. I mean, Wyco's, Wyco's were fun, those both downtown and I think Glenwood? I probably played both of them. They used to do it on the roof up there on right. 38th Street. Right. Yeah. And explain that to me. Other people have. Um, was it like 
were there two levels of a band that you could like if you were really good you would play on one level or the other ones were <laughs> is that how it worked like were there tiered or you don't remember no i don't no i thought there was like you know if you were okay you played on this floor and if you were really good you played on this floor oh. i could be wrong i'm not sure well uh, i don't remember uh but how any battled battles of the band type things that went on there there might have been some school dances things like school that school dances yeah we yeah. did some of that stuff when you were with the cows was it just in erie did you guys travel uh i think we played at the cow shed once or twice sure that's Na- that's namesake. where they originally right. uh came up with that name i believe but right. um i might, may have been out there with them once or twice they, they, they kind of traveled around to uh Mostly clubs in Erie, but Where was surf the club th- surf club was about the only place. Uh, Where was the cow shed? I apologize. I think uh, the cow shed was that out uh, south of Gerard or in Ohio. I'm not sure. Yeah, I've been told that story plenty of times by Danny and uh, or from uh, Dickie and. And Ronnie, but I think it had a name before that. But okay, it's a restaurant now. Maybe I, oh, it's it might still be around. A restaurant, interesting be a restaurant now. I'm gonna have to do some checking on that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's been a few years since you played. Those guys uh, played there quite often. But, yeah, uh, I, I may have only been there once or twice with them. Did you ever play like the rock clubs, like Sherlock's or the Beer Mug, or places that aren't around anymore? Or? No, actually, before Sherlock's was Sherlock's. That's that's where Vinny. Vinnie Frazzini was was uh, trying to throw a band together at one time, and mm. uh, I practiced for a little while with those guys, and it went nowhere. But okay, you played with him at oh. one gig or something like that. Did you say that's or? about it? Probably yeah. one. I, we might have played at Anthony's one night or something. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. There, there was a, a club uh, about half a block away called Anthony's. I think that was down there. Right. And um, right around the corner from that was the. Uh, the pilot house. That's probably the first place I ever went into. I wasn't even eight. I wasn't even twenty-one yet. And I was, was that the first place you played? I sat in with my uncle's band there, which my, was uh, Dick Abbey, and uh, might have been, might have been Dick Bowling. I don't know. Could have been. How old were you? Me? Yeah. I, was, I was only sixteen when I got into that place. I wanted to hear my uncle play. And, yeah. And. and uh, he got me in there uh, to to listen to him for a little, and I think I went up there and played Watermelon Man with those guys. I might have done something like that. Okay, all right. Something simple like Watermelon <laughs> Man. And the pilot house was where, is that on the square? Now, that or? was uh, on State Street, I think. On, on State Street? It was yeah. just a little bar down on State Street. Yeah. Uh, I remember going in there to hear, uh, back in the day, uh, this uh, Eddie C. and the Bees were, were really really good and I, I was trying to get into a band like this so yeah i would go to hear these guys whenever i could and i wasn't 21 yet and they, they were playing in places like that and the, the lap what was that the spot the yeah the spot the spot cafe. yeah right i got in there once uh hmm. things like that before i was 21 i mean i, I yeah Grab an ice water and go sit and listen to the band. <laughs> yeah, I often hear stories. I think Harry even told me a story where he's like 15 or 16 and he's playing at a place and they said, well, you have to have someone who's like your guardian or whatever to be there. And I've interviewed plenty of guys who were playing way underage and didn't have these guardian or they'd hide in the kitchen until it was time to play or they'd come in the back door. And, yeah. you know, uh, and I think he was talking about um, 
he talked about what was the place uh, behind uh, by Waldemere, uh, the village. Oh, the, or, the village. Uh, village. Oh, yeah, I remember yeah. that. And uh, they got raided one night. Uh, somebody had stabbed somebody, and he had to bust out the back door so the cops didn't catch him and hide out in the van. Um, but a lot of guys have talked about playing the village. Had you ever been there? Or? Uh, I think I did play there once. Yeah. I, I don't remember which one of these bands. We, we had one underage person in a band at one time, Jay Lewis. Oh. I think we had Jay Lewis in the band, uh, and his mother would have to come to the jobs with him. Sure, yeah. So we did a few jobs like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I've had plenty of guys tell me, well, I had to transport my drums or amp in my parents' station wagon that they drove me there, and then they'd wait, you know, and uh, back in the day. So supportive parents, obviously. And obviously yours supported music. My, my parents supported us a lot, yeah, I think. I, I probably didn't pay for that box organ. But you had an uncle who was a musician too, right? A couple of uncles, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that must have helped. Were they yeah. keyboard players too? Uh, I had my cousin was a drummer in Las Vegas for a long time, uh, oh. Jerry D. Dad. Okay. He, uh, he did that for quite a while. Other than that, uh, not, not a whole lot, uh, just brother and sister. Yeah, yeah. They, uh Runs in the family, though, obviously, still, yeah. Music does. We were a musical family, right? Yeah. We had a piano there, and anytime I had a chance to get on a piano, it was a lot of fun. Had you ever, you know, you're in Ruby Port now, one of the bands that's been around for a long time in different incarnations, like we said. You know, uh, I've had Paula Holmes on. I've had Paul Yachlin Jr. on. Um, did you ever see the original version of them? Actually... <coughs> I was working for Verizon in those old days, and uh, I got sent into the Kelly Club one night about yeah. 10 o'clock at night because they had one phone in there, and it was jammed. Nobody had phones in their pockets. Yeah, right. So they, my company sent me in there to unjam the payphone. Those guys were playing. I got a chance to listen for a few minutes, and uh, I unjammed the payphone, and and Mr. Ciotti gave me a bottle of whiskey under my coat and said, have a nice Christmas, and I walked out the door. <laughs> Who was playing keys? Goodwin back there? Actually, I think it was, uh, wasn't Pete's brother the key? Or, or was it? Pete's uh, brother was the drummer. It might have been Nick Nardo. I don't, oh, I'm sorry, Nick Nardo. It might yeah, have been Nick Nardo. Right. Yeah, you been. Right. Uh, I, right. I had gotten in there a few times to listen to those guys, but they played till 4 o'clock in the morning. Right, right. And uh, I... It was always packed in there, so sure. packed. Yeah. And uh, so, obviously, when the call came to join them later, who was it? Paul called you? Ma, I don't remember that one. Could have been Dickie Buckles, kind of the kind of the band guru. Gotcha. Band, right. So, it right. May, may have been Richard. I see. <laughs> Does anybody call him Richard? I do. do I, you? Call, I, I golf with him. I still call him Richard. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, hopefully I'm going to see you and Richard in the band uh, this Friday. This um, Friday. Did we miss anything? Not that I know of. No? That was a lot to cover. I was. Yeah. I was for for how uh, a lot of the people that I have listened to on your podcast are full-time musicians, and they have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're so, playing in two bands. I mean, you're, and I, you're 75 years old. I didn't think I old. would have a lot to talk about because I worked uh, for a company all my life. Yeah. And, and this was just kind of a hobby for me. But 
there's been plenty of guys that I've had on and women who have been in the same situation. And that's always one of the struggles that they talk about is that's why I ask you about raising the family. You know, some had full-time jobs, some had families and balancing that out has got to be super hard, especially if you're in a band where they say, let's go on the road, you know, and uh, I've had some of those folks. You never had to do that. You never went on the road other than playing in while you were in the air force in Texas. Right. Yeah. All right. No, nope, never had to deal with that road stuff. Was that country that you were playing back then? In Texas? Yeah. No, they were, they were pretty much Motown and okay. um, standards. Uh, d- during the happy hours, we did a lot of standard stuff because we had a clarinet player and oh, a sax. Right. So we did a lot. And I had a Hammond, so we would, we would play a lot of just background stuff. Yeah, yeah. All right. And then later on, it got into dance music. And whatever was popular back then. Right. I, kind of forget a lot of what I used to play. But <laughs> you got to relearn the stuff that you used to play. <laughs> I am yeah. trying to uh, get better at, uh, well, since I'm retired now, that's all I have to do is sit home and practice. Uh, and golf. And golf. That's right. Well, I appreciate you taking <laughs> out the time today to come in and talk to me. I'll take some pictures of these, uh, pictures that you sent me, and then I'll post those with your episode. Great. Cool. Thank you very much. Thanks. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Erie Music History Podcast. I want to say thanks to the JPT Foundation. They have been a financial supporter of the podcast since the beginning, and they also give us a free space to have our monthly music night on the first Tuesday of the month. It always features our great house band, The Fabulous Leftovers, as well as a lot of other local bands and musicians. But it's a lot of fun. First Tuesday of the month, totally free. Any donations go to the Second Harvest Food Bank. It is BYOB. You can bring in alcohol, drinks, whatever you'd like. There's a great pizza shop next door, Pasolinquas. Uh, there's a subway in the plaza. So check that out the first Tuesday of the month. Also, make sure that you check out Jack Stevenson's Two Man Happy Hour podcast. Basically tells you where people are playing today, um, where and when, and uh, you can check that out at the number two manhappyhour.com. Check that out. All right. That's all I got for you. Thanks again for listening.